Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. You can call me Shangguan Jiewen if you prefer. I'm from California, and I'm living here in beautiful Wuhan, China. Today with me is Bebe. Yes. Hi. Hi, Jason. Hi, our hi. dear listeners. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. We're talking about Boy Scouts, actually. So the Boy Scouts, I have so much to say about them because I have a special friend hmm. who is related to them in past legal battles, and I want to talk about oh. that later. But right now, it looks like the Boy Scouts of America are filing for bankruptcy. And this is in part because there was a lawsuit including 90,000 people in a class action suit against the Boy Scouts hmm. because of... Unfortunately, another dark bit, there was some sexual harassment or sexual, you know, predatory mm. like behavior by some of the adults involved in the organization. Mm. And so now maybe in the future, if they if, you know, depending on how things go, there may be no Boy Scouts. It, is this one of those cases uh, where there's a saying in Chinese that one drop of mouse poop ruins the whole pot <laughs> i don't know i don't know I, I i don't follow the news of boy scouts i know there are boy scouts in in the states but you know certain organizations or um you know um companies uh can go under because of one mm. uh, or a few cases of um unfortunate uh instances i don't know if this mm. is one of those can you tell us a little bit more about it like even the background of boy scouts for our chinese listeners I mean no matter what you think about like how large the organization or how many millions of people's lives it has positively affected 90,000 people claiming to have been sexually abused is too too way too many so like hmm. i don't know if this is just mouse poop and like the soup this is more like the soup's got poop in it as an ingredient <laughs> it's like a poop sauce some, there's, there's something wrong let's not eat this soup anymore <laughs> it's just like poop soup it's actually yeah. porridge, but anyhow. Yeah. So oh, boy, oh, boy scouts, and they're going under. Sounds unfortunate because, um, for you know, when I think of boy scouts, um, I think of uh people like boys in these beige suits, right? Yeah. yeah and they yeah. go camping. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, they learn wilderness survival skills and teamwork mm -hmm. things like that that yeah. am i correct Should, ideally i well ideally that's what it's supposed to be and that's what it, it ostensibly is and that's what it really is mm -hmm. accepting that there are a lot of you know okay so there are there are predators unfortunately there are bad people and so the bad people look at this organization full of boys and they're like oh i you know i guess that's where they migrated to that's so that's huh. really unfortunate and and it's really sad that this organization has so much potential for good and and yet right. it's not able to deliver what it's supposed to be. And it's been around for like ever, right? Yeah. As far as, I mean, I grew up, that's, I thought it was like an American tradition or like, I thought, I don't know how long it goes back, but it goes back at least many, many decades, if not more than a century. There's also an organization called the Girl Scouts right. who are really famous for their cookies. The Girl Scout cookies are world famous, I think. I know. I, I've bought them before. I didn't know exactly what else they did. But the cookies were good. <laughs> so were you part of the Boy no, no, Scouts? No, no, I wasn't. But, you know, 
uh, my parents uh, were worried that that would lead me and, and my brothers to maybe joining the, the military. They didn't want us to go. Uh-huh. And, you know, my, my father came from the generation where people were like getting drafted into mm. the Vietnam, Vietnam War. And mm. they, they were really scared that they would I would go die someday as a concert. <laughs> so what they did is they, they brought us camping all the time. So it became like our family vacation. Mm-hmm. And I think this is true for a lot of Americans was going camping. So mm. going camping is a huge rite of passage for Americans, whether it's Boy Scouts or with it's with your families or friends. Mm-hmm. Lots of people go hiking. Mm-hmm. Lots of people go camping. Even there's like a difference. There's a campers versus like the real campers versus the car campers. So car campers oh. are people who drive up in their car and mm-hmm. then they set up their fire and they just camp by their car. And then when they're done eating all the snacks they bought at the store <laughs> after a couple of days, they return home. Right. And then real camping, you know, like hike is backpacking. You show up and then like you have a backpack full of equipment mm-hmm. and you hike out into the wilderness far away where there's no city and very mm-hmm. few people. And then eventually return to civilization like, I don't know, days or weeks even potentially later in some cases people go for like months where they go hiking and some people never return (laughs) hopefully not well hopefully not yeah hopefully that's not the case but you know it's really good fun i love it i actually think hiking and camping Mm -hmm. is so much fun getting the right equipment getting the big bag that ties around your waist so you're Mm. all the weights carried there and you have like the minimalist tent and maybe you don't even have a tent you just have like a a sleeping bag that is an all-weather kind of thing and you just have like a little maybe you have coffee grounds and then you boil your water or use life straw and it's just it's a lot of fun i did that once. getting away from technology yeah. did you how, how um, did it that go was for you? like it was a program before the start of college so that like the summer uh before mm. um the first year of college and it sounded like a lot of fun i think it was up in was it the Green Mountains in Maine somewhere? So I don't know. I'm, I got, I'm on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I don't remember the exact location, but I thought it was, you know, uh, it seemed like so much fun. So I signed up. Um, and the first, the night before we left, we had a pack for our trip. And just as you said, one of those huge backpacks, mm, right? Mm, mm. And there's this belt that rests on your uh, hips mm-hmm. so that it bears the weight. Yeah. And the, the time we tried it on, so they're like, um, what? three four of us in the in that one dorm room getting ready mm-hmm. and after i put on my backpack i felt like backwards <laughs> and i couldn't get up because it was so heavy so so i was like a upturned um tortoise <laughs> frailing legs in the air it was so much fun though uh, and like my teammates had to pull me up so and everybody i don't know what did you have in there oh you know like pasta, did you bring, did you bring books did you bring books i did not bring books but one oh, a lot of people make that mistake i know I, one of our teammates brought a uh, electrical pencil sharpener. <laughs> it was like, what? I know. What? <laughs> Out of everything, right? That you could bring. Why? Um, On a two week trip in the, like deep in the mountains. She, she brought a electrical pencil sharpener. I don't know. <laughs> That's bizarre. <laughs> Anyhow, I, I'm so, so confused. I know. <laughs>
Yeah, I had like everything was just like the exact minimal thing when I was living in America. That's the one thing I never got back. Mm. When I moved to China, you know, I go, I've been to mountains. I love going to mountains. I've been to uh, Wudongshan. I've been to Mm -hmm. Taishan. I've been, you know, around. I've been to, and you know, Babaoshan's not a real mountain. (laughs) You don't want to Uh, go there. (laughs) The Phoenix Mountain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know, I I love hiking. I still do it to this day, but I I never got back into the habit of like going out and sleeping there Mm. and like camping out and stuff here in china but it is something you know they have like decathlons here and like you know sporting goods stores right and i guess it's you could go do that potentially here it's just not something i got back into and it's becoming trendy but you know for is the it? yeah it's but i have uh one of my coworkers, like well ex-co-workers he after he quit his job he actually got into this um camping deal i mean in china it's becoming trendy in china it, in china yeah so Ooh. like this coworker, we worked together for like 10 years. And now whenever I see him on WeChat, uh, friend circle, he posting like camping stuff, but he's more like of those, uh, upscale camping, like every photo, like he and his wife, they're into camping. They're into like, uh, taking photographs. They're like you know, a little bit mm-hmm, of the artsy mm-hmm. kind. Um, mm-hmm. and so every time they post, it's like these nice tents with all kinds of, uh, camping equipment. Um, mm. like expensive ones. You have to have the right cattle. Um, oh, that's not camping. yeah, and like uh, the, the <laughs> right. Um, these are car campers. Yeah, well, they would drive. Like I think he started one of those um camping sites where you pay on like a yearly fee, and then you can mm. go there like multiple times a year. And sometimes it would have like outdoor uh concerts and like nice mm-hmm. barbecue mm-hmm. grills and all that. See, th- this is the divide, the divide between the people who want everything to be nice. Yeah. And it's like, like photogenic. being in a hotel outside. Yeah. And then there are the, the people who are like, I want to prove to myself that I can survive in the wilderness. So there's, mm. there's two sides of this. Like, so I'm more of like the I want to go to a lake that's dirt, has dirty water mm-hmm. and then have to purify it and clean it in order to be able to survive. Wow. You know, like prove to myself that if the, if the society collapsed, you know, <laughs> I would be just fine. Fine. I'd be one of the people that are be like everybody else would be like, can I have some water, please? Because I would have the clean water. Well, you know, if you're going to wait for the society to collapse here in China, I don't think you have a chance. You might as well just move somewhere else now. It's, it's not a it's not about like hoping the end of the world happens. It's about like survival fun. I know. I know what you're talking yeah, about. It's, it's yeah, survive, it's a survival fun. It's like I can want to show myself mm-hmm. that I you could drop me in Alaska and hopefully it's in the spring and then i would be okay you know (laughs) well i um i was into that a little bit like uh before that hiking trip i think the hiking trip was like 10 maybe 12 days and we were literally like left on our own in the wilderness Mm, mm, um mm. and it was tougher than i thought but it was also a lot of fun i mean it wasn't fun to sleep in the rain we had tents and everything sleeping bags but we were literally like you know, parts of our sleeping bags were wet and, you know, it was the rain dropping on our tents all night long. Mm, mm, and mm. also I remember, you know, we were cooking pasta um, outdoors, just scoop up the water from the pond and boil it. And I remember the moment when I um, took the lid off the pot and I literally freaked out and started shouting because there is this layer of pink stuff floating on top of the water. <laughs> Do you know what that was? 
You, can you guess? I, I'm guessing a gr- some kind of grime or, or bacteria or something. Yeah, like this. Those are the living organisms invisible to our <laughs> eye in the natural habitat. But you once they were boiled, them. oh my gosh, it was like. <laughs> but but that was like the only thing we had for dinner, so I had mm. to eat it. We they, and the other guys who were who had camped before, they were like, "Oh, they're just like boiled bugs. Just you know, take them out. <laughs> you can eat the bugs." <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Yeah, clean it out. I know. I, I think it was it was okay for me when I was like you know nineteen. Um, now that I'm forty mm. over forty, I, I I like my life like indoors. <laughs> <laughs> camping um i think for most chinese people it's not like something they would mm. resort to for their <laughs> vacations they still want to go to like yeah. you know nice places but then as i mentioned for some of the uh, upper middle class like my coworker, um they like that kind of mm. uh feel yeah but not like mm. the cheap kind you're talking about these really expensive tents and the expensive kettles actually the some of the more expensive stuff is actually the lighter stuff that's smaller mm. like not having a tent and having like really uh, a super super light but super warm sleeping bag mm-hmm. and like those the, some of that equipment is actually more expensive than the big fancy looking stuff right the big fancy looking stuff is easy to make because it's just like throw a bunch of expensive fabrics together mm-hmm. but like the super light super warm stuff that like you know looks like that person doesn't have much that person's got the best probably but here you know if you're interested about camping in china Mm. there's one lady that you can follow she's on tiktok um and she's on Mm. now i first discovered her i think last year so she's now i think she's now 57 Mm. and she left home because of her well, because of it, you know, decades long unhappy marriage. So um, she, you know, she's been married for decades and um, they have a daughter and she helped to take care of her daughter's twins. Um, and by now her twin. Uh, so like last year, I think her twin grandchildren, they were in kindergarten. So she's like, finally, I can live my own life. You mm. know, I can live mm. for myself. Yeah. And um, her husband has never really been that nice to her. Mm. So she was a little angry. Mm. Um, and she just, uh, you know, she bought a tent that fits on top of her car mm-hmm. and other simple equipments. And she just took off. She's like, I've always wanted to travel. I've always wanted to travel all across China. Mm. And finally, I'm liberated. My uh, kid is grown. My grandkids are in kindergarten and she just started and she has been on the road for over, 
400 days now. Wow. And she's went to like dozens of Chinese cities. She went to, um, you know, different provinces. I follow her, you know, on my TikTok. She's been to Yunnan province. She's been to Hainan. Uh, these warmer places and also she's been to Xinjiang absolutely stunning scenery mm, mm, mm. and she's been to Tibet and she actually grew up in Tibet mm. so she's going all over the place on the road and in her car I don't know what model it is it doesn't even look that big and this uh tent that's she can just prop up at night mm -hmm. on top of her on top of her car so uh, most nights she will find a camping ground so there are mm, mm, all mm. these camping grounds all over China. Like, we just don't know about mm. it because we don't actually go on these mm -hmm. trips. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where she can, you know, get her water. She she cooks and do her, you know, live stream videos with her followers. Um, and she's, you know, still going. So I think if you're interested in how, you know, not so wealthy people camp in China, <laughs> she will be uh, the perfect person to follow. Her name is Su Min. You can find her. Your wife will be able to find her. I wrote that down. But you know, there's also a tons and tons of like YouTube channels in America. People are very interested. Millions of people watch bushcraft cabins mm -hmm. and log cabins. So someone will go out and in, within a week, they will build like a, a hab habitat, like a home, a house even. Mm -hmm. These little, just like using mm -hmm. sticks and mud mm -hmm. and like the most bizarre, like whatever is there. And you can see them in different environments, whether they're using clay or they're living in the the forest or whatever and so this is a huge thing you go out into the war the woods mm -hmm. with like nothing but an axe or something and then you're able to build your own like home with a chimney and like fire and like mm -hmm. the, uh, like a place oh, to sleep and seen. there's tons of these videos this this another guy yeah who doesn't do that mm -hmm. but he tries to camp in places people wouldn't camp hmm. so he this guy is really really popular on youtube mm. what he does is he'll, he'll go like okay there's a police station and it's next to the woods i'm gonna camp <laughs> in the woods next to the police station and see if they catch me <laughs> or he'll like he'll go to a community of like super wealthy people's homes mm -hmm. and find that there's a little forested area in the mm -hmm. middle and he'll camp in the little forested <laughs> area and he does this and he films himself uh -huh. no one saw me and like all whispering into the camera as he sets up his gear and stuff no one saw and me like, and he films know, himself and put it himself on put himself on youtube yeah, I think yeah, he, right. he just gets it. Well, he just gets away with it because, you know, this no one's really going to care or now that he's gone. Right. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. so he, he goes all over the country, America and Canada, and he goes and camps in unusual places. It's, mm -hmm. it's really interesting. The Sumin also, I'd, I'd love to learn more about camping in uh, China mm -hmm. and I'd love to give it a try because I miss it. But I want to switch back really quickly to the Boy Scouts of America. So because yes, I sure. know this lady, I haven't talked to her in mm -hmm. a few years, but her name is Katrina Ya. Actually, sorry, I should say now Dr. Katrina Ya because she got her PhD mm -hmm. in 2018 from Georgetown University in like post-colonialism, mm -hmm. Middle Eastern studies, gender and all this stuff. She teaches at the University of Arkansas. And uh, mm -hmm. she, but when she was 11 years old, this was not that long. <laughs> this was a couple decades ago. She sued the Boy Scouts. <laughs> I think it was the early 90s or so. Mm -hmm. And she sued the Boy Scouts of America because she has a twin brother. They're not identical, obviously, because they're different genders. Mm -hmm. But she has a twin twin brother and her brother 
daughter join the Boy Scouts. Mm -hmm. And because it's her twin, she was like, why can't I join? Mm -hmm. And they were like, no, I'm sorry, you're a girl. So she tried to sue them uh, and it went all Mm -hmm. all as far as I think the California Supreme Court. And it was eventually like, I think I think I don't think she won. And they never ended up letting girls join the Boy Scouts. It stayed Boy Scouts. They are Girl Scouts, right? Yeah, yeah. But why couldn't she join the Girl Scouts? She wanted to be in the same organization with her twin. So she was like, no, I want to be in the Boy Scouts. So she attempted to sue them. She ended up becoming an academic giant Hmm. in a a lot of ways. She was very successful. She got every kind of scholarship you've ever heard of. Mm -hmm. She's a really, really smart lady. But I I just, you know, a lot of people have struggled with with trying to open the Boy Scouts up to like girls for a long time. This is she's not the only one to have sued them. I think she was the first first Hmm. girl to sue them. But Hmm. there have been other lawsuits over the decades. So they're going for like a mixed gender scouts. Is that what they're going for? I think that's what they want. These people that have sued them wanted a mixed gender scouts. Um, maybe that would have actually prevented some of this uh, behavior that's happened having, because then you could have adult women there too, supervising the other folk Mm. as well. So it it might've actually been a better choice for them to be like mixed gender as opposed to, because you know, when you're like five years old, you're not looking at the girl and thinking, I like her. You're thinking, ew, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Is that what you thought? I don't know. I I didn't care, but I know a lot of boys are like, oh, she has cooties. She's a girl. So like, (laughs) I don't, five-year-olds aren't. I I have a a question. So you say that Boy Scouts might face bankruptcy in the future. What is like, what do most Americans um, think about this? Do they regret it or is it unfortunate for them? Or do you think, like, how do people feel about this? I'm sure that they feel the same way as you and I. It's a wasted opportunity. This organization that could help children like learn, you know, important skills like starting a fire, self-dependency mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. how, how, how to take care of themselves, how to go fishing, how to like, you know, respect other people and respect adults respect authority all this all Mm. this opportunity for these these boys to have had Mm -hmm. i mean i'm not reading statistics here but i'm just saying i'm feel that the the majority of americans probably feel this is a wasted opportunity and that it's really sad that Mm -hmm. a few i guess more than a few a lot of (laughs) some bad people have essentially turned mouse poop Mouse droppings, mouse droppings. Yeah, some of these really bad folks have have turned what could have been an amazing organization into a tragic failure, is which it, is really awful. Is the Boy Scouts or uh, the Girl Scouts are they private um, or are they part of the gov- like a government initiative or something? Like, how did they start? You know, I don't know. I they're called an organization. They're not a business. Mm. I know that because one of the lawsuits that I was looking at in preparation for this article mm-hmm. defined them as not a business. Okay, so they're nonprofit. Maybe they're a nonprofit, like an NGO. Kind Kind of thing. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I don't think that they're like run by the U.S. military or anything. So mm. because I don't, I don't think that starts until ROTC and that's like high school where the military starts like asking kids to like start training. I, I think the Boy Scouts are like probably an NGO of some. Okay. Kind. Well, I don't know if there are like alternatives. If Boy Scouts does you know go down, will people have other ways of offering young kids alternatives? You know, rather than yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. just studying or all these after school. A program yeah, there are, sports. You're absolutely yes. There are camps know. all all over the United States that are like set up to take kids in. Oh, you like know, summer when you're in camps. Si- yeah, yeah, exactly. They're not just summer camps. You're right. There are summer camps, but they're also just like a. When I was in sixth grade, there was a camp up in the Sierra Nevadas. Uh, where I went for like a week and it was really cool and Mm -hmm. no one touched me in an inappropriate (laughs) way. (laughs) We just like, you know, we learned, we did hard work too. We carried like 
logs like you know and and timber for keeping fires going Mm -hmm. and you know we did we went learned fishing we learned how to heat things with mirrors Mm. and we looked at the stars and studied like different like celestial bodies to find find our way Mm -hmm. it was it was a lot of fun we stayed in like bunks with other boys Mm -hmm. and like you know it was like lights out we had like a camp director who was like i don't know Mm. like eight 18 year old kid himself but to us as like 10 year olds we were like that's the adult in charge (laughs) yeah yeah well i'm thinking about (laughs) you know if we have the same thing i'm sure they are um like smaller organizations who offer these kind of camps Mm, um mm, mm. but i i think probably they're offering it for at least like middle class families right because it sounds like you will cost Mm. some money and i think the i think your high school you're sometimes you're um you're right. I, they, they are private organizations. However, the schools themselves will sometimes pay for it. So mm. your tax dollars will pay for it for like sometimes it, in, in California, at least it's called sixth grade camp. Mm. And that's because the school system itself pays to send kids there. Okay. for kids who are you know indoors studying all the time especially here in china mm, uh, mm, but by the mm. time they get to high school i doubt that they were they will have a lot of time for that maybe in the yeah, summer mm, mm, and I'm, mm. I'm thinking about youth programs here in china mm. as i mentioned camping hasn't been like a central theme in people's pastime right because you know in china mm-hmm. like my grandparents my parents generation um they grew up poor in the countryside so their lives mm. weren't so much better than camping. <laughs> I mean, they had like house and everything. <laughs> so that's not something they're going to aspire to, right? They want comfort. Yeah. They want stability. Mm. Um, they want, of course, you know, a nice roof over their head and um, every, all these modern conveniences. So like my parents' generation, they're not ready to, you know, go finding um, ways to make your life difficult. I think that's how they would see it. You know, <laughs> for yeah. like future generations, uh, like people younger than me, they are definitely um, thinking about camping and hiking and, you know, just being part of the nature and wilderness mm-hmm. as a choice for entertainment, for mm-hmm. um, pastime, right? For just having fun. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think for my daughter's generation, there'll probably be more of that. I mean, for my, for example, my husband is into that. Mm-hmm. You know, he likes to go, he likes to go into the, like, the desert. <laughs> so even, even more difficult. I don't know why, but he just enjoys making his own life, like, <laughs> difficult with no running water, no uh, easy source of mm. fire. 
maybe he just wanted you to get away from mm -hmm, civilization mm -hmm. <laughs> like to as yeah. far as possible like i remember when we got one of our our new car back then he wanted to turn it into one of those uh recreational vehicles mm -hmm. like an rv so I mean, it was like a new car right mm -hmm. uh, like a van and he was looking at it and he was talking about okay so I'm going to like uh, refurnish the floor here and we're going to put like um, car sized refrigerator inside and we're going to install like a mini bathroom like or a mini uh, toilet over here. And then he was like, we're going to cut off the roof of the car <laughs> and to, to raise the, the, the ceiling a bit. And I stood there. I was like, do you know that this is a new car <laughs> and you were thinking about like carving it up already <laughs> and he was like well then if i do that we'll be able to use it as an rv we can drive into the desert or somewhere even more remote and you know we'll be able to survive there and i was like i don't want to go into the desert <laughs> and like i want to like live near a starbucks <laughs> i i want electricity i want a library <laughs> and so, you know, that didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> I'm happy that the roof of our car is still there. Uh, but that's, that's you know, so some people here, they do want that as a, a, a choice. Yeah, yeah. And he goes off sometimes. He's, mm. You know, he will go off, go off for like 10, 15 days with his team. Did he get one of those like camper things he could drag behind the car? It's you not, know? that's not like tough enough. They want to make life yeah. tough, like um, yeah. artificially. <laughs> I was in I was in Beijing. You're reminding me because uh, I was in Beijing my first year here and I saw one of those Jeeps with like a it's called like I guess it's a an air containment thing that's con it contains the engine hmm. and it has like a filter that goes up above the it's like a Jeep, okay. but it has like a breather a breather so that if you oh. were to drive through a river, mm. the engine wouldn't get flooded and shut oh, off. It can breathe breathe through this like uh, right. apparatus above the vehicle. <laughs> and I was thinking this is Beijing. You know, I just saw a Mercedes go by and right. like this guy's got like a breathing apparatus on his Jeep. You know, at that moment I was like, yeah, China's for me. Some of these people, they're my brethren. No, that guy <laughs> will like, have to drive around. Guys love useless survival I know. here. They, we do. I know. You yeah. It's like me and my stationery. But anyhow, I'm just saying that if people are really into camping, there are opportunities mm. here. And I think mm. they're getting uh, they're getting better. Because as people, you know, there's a bigger middle class and they have money to spend. They will think of different ways to uh, experience life, right? Even if well, it know, means temporarily a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Go ahead. I know a Chinese lady. She's uh, a little bit older. She's uh, maybe in her 50s. Mm. And she moved to New Zealand and she has a house there and stuff. Mm -hmm. but she runs a business doing what we call digital detox. So Chinese families, when they have a, a son or daughter who are addicted to their mm -hmm. iPhone, iPad, computer, and they can't, mm. and their entire life starts evolve, revolving around their computers and their devices, sometimes the parents get nervous. And what they do in some of them, they find people mm -hmm. like my friend and they send them. Mm. In her case, these these kids go to New Zealand. Wow. And then they were all their like electronic devices are taken Unplugged. away from them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they're set, they go out and they live 
live in like one of these camps in New Zealand for like a couple weeks where they learn like how to make a fire and how to read a compass and reading Mm -hmm. a book, you know, and like sitting by the fire and having stories told or telling stories. Mm -hmm. And Sounds expensive. Yeah, I don't know how much it costs, but the purpose of it is not to make them not use technology. The purpose of it is Hmm. to give them an alternative to help them learn about nature and learn about hiking and learn about going outside Mm. so that when they go back, maybe they can have a blend Mm -hmm. of using technology and being interested in going outside. Sounds like a very fancy and expensive solution. You know, I I would uh, suggest that an easier, cheaper way is to read to your kids when they're little. Hmm. And once they discover the the beauty of books, right, the magic Hmm. world of books, um, they will be less um, addicted to the other electronic stuff. You know, I I agree with you, Mm -hmm. but I also have a personal story about me. Sure. You know, when I was a teen, I was a chubby kid, Hmm. and all I did was, like, play with the computer that grandma bought me. So my mom, one summer, we... The whole family went to her mom's house. Mm -hmm. It was a different grandma, not the one that bought me a computer. And then at the end of the trip, we were there for two or three days. My mom said, you're just going to stay here for another few months. And I was like... (gasps) What? Oh. What do you mean? And, like you're leaving me here? And so she, they took off and left me at grandma's house. Really? And then like my cousin who was a uh, an air force pi- uh, not a pilot. He was in the air force. Mm-hmm. He and he he started coming over every day and saying, "Jason, wake up. It's time to get up." And I go, "Okay, why?" And he would bring me hiking because where my grandmother lived was basically a forest. It's called Paradise Ooh. in California. And at that time, mm-hmm. it was still called kind of Paradise Pines and it wasn't as grown as it is today. Actually burned down recently anyways that's a different story but he took me onto this canyon every day and made me go hiking and the first few days i was like why are we walking lord i don't understand like why you know i was like 12 or something or 13 and like eventually i was keeping up with him by the end of like a couple months and like i lost some weight Mm. i I really learned that i liked hiking Mm -hmm. and he they sent me back to mom and dad and whatever wow but like what's interesting is from that summer on Mm -hmm. the rest of my life i enjoyed hiking and i I even sought opportunities on my own to go hiking and like mm. it's something that I do and I don't think I would have dev- my parents like camping but they weren't really big hikers so this mm-hmm. this opportunity with grandma and my cousin Lauren was really an opportunity for me to learn mm. to like going outside habits are built through doing something you know right. I agree with what you're saying about books mm-hmm. teach them to read books you know what you're going to teach them is to read books but if you want to teach them to go outside we need to bring them outside right China, like, um, if you live in urban areas, you are a little bit further away from areas where you can hike, 
Mm. you know these like natural settings mm. um so like in the in the states if you live in the suburb i think you normally you drive for like an hour or so you can yeah, find a spot yeah. where you can there's like a natural trail that you can hike for a bit or maybe even where you can camp it's mm. a little harder to find well, spots like that you're right and also you could just go to yunmingyun or you know oh. you could you could go to like a some of the parks in beijing are colossally big that's you know? true but you could just walk around those let me ask you jason do you dare to camp in places like yunmingyun at night I mean, I would be freaked out. <laughs> no, I, I, I wouldn't stay there. I do like walking around a park, That's true. you know, for a good yeah. while and enjoying like looking at like the flowers and stuff. There are a lot of parks. Um, and of course, getting your kids out into the, into nature. I mean, like these parks are not really uh, natural, like national parks. But I think I read it in the news that was it this year or like that last year or the year before? Um uh, there are a certain number of new like national parks. I mean, the the parks. Yeah, have yeah, all, yeah. I heard about this. Yeah, too. they have been there. Uh, it's not like they're mm-hmm. building new mm-hmm. parks. It's that they are like um, corridoring these areas off as national parks, so they can mm. be better preserved. And yeah, um, a lot of them are in like. Is there? I think maybe one in northeastern. No, northeastern part of uh, China, and then there are other areas, probably in western areas where it's less populated it's a way of preserving well i know that some of them have like you said they've been around for like mm-hmm. decades like the one in sichuan that, that the, the pandas mm. live in has already been a national i think what they're doing is increasing the total mm-hmm. amount of them so that there's more places that yeah. are protected and also i think before. the um like the general uh populace they need to learn how to better take care of the environment um so it's like mm. you know it, it it has to work both ways and i think in in the states mm. you know people are more used to the idea of camping and you're used you know already that you shouldn't leave things behind right when we hiked in the mountains we mm. took everything away from us literally like you go to the bathroom mm. in the wilderness either you use like leaves or we even use like pine cones <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! Wait, wait, wait! Yep. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down! You did what with the pine cone? <laughs> oh my well, that's, gosh! That's what our leader told us. You you just have to use it in the right direction. Oh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> or you are supposed to bring a shovel, right? A small mm-hmm. one, and you dig a hole. Yeah. So, and all the toilet paper that you choose to use, you gotta bring them back. Mm. So they're like plastic bags filled with dirty toilet paper so things like that you know there are rules uh you follow when you go into nature Mm. so that they remain beautiful and natural um things like that you know people in in china who are not used to camping they have to learn or else you're gonna just get littered Mm. uh campgrounds Mm. or ruined natural sceneries Mm. so but i think this is uh there there will be a, a a huge market when it comes to, um, you know, camping and hiking. Um, and I, th- I mean, it's been growing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every year, uh, I don't know about the last year, but I went with my husband and we took our daughter to this, um, I think it's an RV uh, exhibition. Mm-hmm. Like every year in Beijing, um, there's this uh, exhibition of all kinds of recreational vehicles. Mm-hmm. You know, those things where you, you can actually live inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And some of them, you kind of drag them behind your main car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my husband is really into that stuff. Like 
he he just yeah that's like you know his toys that's pretty um, cool stuff yeah i like it too yeah so it there there is a market yeah for that. well so yeah. we were talking very briefly and you maybe we went over it really quickly but is there a boy scout like organization in china Huh, you know, I've been thinking about this. I don't think we have the equivalent of the same thing. Um, but there's another youth organization that everybody in China knows. Um, so much so that I didn't even think of it. Um, it's called the Young Pioneers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I was part of it. I think I didn't get in until I was in the third grade. Because mm-hmm. you're supposed to be like a really good student mm. to be able to get in. So, you know, the best kids uh, in class got in the first year, like first grade. And I was just, you know, I was okay. So uh, I, I got in when I was like third grade. And you can identify them by this red scarf they wear around. Yeah, yeah. Life. I've seen like You know what posters. I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you actually take off the scarf, it's like you tie it around your neck, mm-hmm. almost like a tie. There's like, you know, tails dangling. Yeah. But if you untie that and you unfold it, it's it's just a huge like um, a triangular piece of red cloth. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it symbolizes like a corner of the red flag or something. Mm. So um, like by it, eventually, you know, by the end of the fifth grade or sixth grade in elementary school, like most of the good students, they will have that around their necks and mm. they're supposed to mm. wear it um every day i think that i think the the boy scouts have a similar set of symbols really they're okay. like you get a you get a special badge mm. for each you saw the movie up right with the kid he's covered in yeah. badges yeah 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 yeah, yeah so every mm. skill that you show your like troop leader that you have mastered like whether it's be sewing or like starting a fire you get a badge oh. on your like sash that shows that you have that skill and the more badges you have then like the more skills that you have nice learned. so it's kind of sim- similar-ish to the like yeah you know there's a symbolism although there. i don't remember learning any skills as part of the young pioneer but mm. it's but it's um considered to be like an honor right it's something mm-hmm. to shoot for actually i had and something like that too it was called color guard color and oh, so i me? yeah i would like i carry like a pole with like a, oh. a color of my grade around on it mm-hmm. and like i would direct traffic during certain parts of the day during my elementary school hand out milk stuff boxes something like that exactly so I, w- I was a member of this color guard thing until eventually my mom was like i don't want you in the color guard she <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why? I thought I was good. They told right. me I'm a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's funny. Um, so but back to the young pioneers, it's actually uh-uh. I discovered that it's a it's like a whole system. So the young pioneers are for kids who are like first grade, so six mm. to maybe around fourteen, like wow. teenager, and they are run by the um the Communist Youth League. Mm. So Youth League is like a, a step above that. Mm-hmm. Um, and youth leagues are for people who are like between maybe 14 to 28. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think so first a pioneer, young pioneer, and then the youth league. And then you can apply for the party mm-hmm. if you are at least 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of a, it's a whole system that goes like that. And it's a it's almost like a selection process, you know, mm-hmm. like you take the kids with their good students um, with high moral standards. Mm-hmm. Like you've been if you've been doing bad things all along in elementary school, it's not likely that you're going to get into the young pioneer team and then the youth league. Yeah. So um, I think it's more like a sense of uh, symbolization of a symbol of your Mm -hmm. honor 
than actual skills, like actual knitting, knitting mm. skills. That's yeah. Well, I think it's really. kind of similar, actually, because we were talking about the Boy Scouts. And mm-hmm. although the Boy Scouts aren't directly run like by any part of branch of the military or anything like that, mm-hmm. a lot of the people that are in Boy Scouts will oftentimes join ROTC, which is R-O-T-C. like ROTC. Prepa- what is that? I don't even know what it stands for, but I know that it's it's training to join one of the armed forces. Oh. So like people who are familiar. in Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts will oftentimes go into ROTC mm. and then they will like do like, you know, extra vigorous physical practice and discipline during high school. Mm. And then those people will either go to college and then join the military or join the military and then go I to see. college or like a combination thereof and become officers. I see. Well, I want to add something. You know, I, I I briefly talked about how people like the selection process for party members, right? So it starts from the young pioneer and then you join the youth league mm. and then maybe you can make it into the party. So it's another way to to show that as opposed to thinking of the Communist Party as like an organization that runs other people's lives, mm. um, it is actually integrated in people's lives mm. from a very like from the bottom. You know, anybody could be a, a young pioneer. Right. As long as you are a good student, you show high moral standards, you can you have the opportunity to become a member and then you keep that up and you can become a youth league member and then you keep that up. And when you're older, uh, you can apply for to become a party. So it's um it's as opposed to how some people think of um uh, the party as, you know, they call it the big brother kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's um. Uh, people grow up grow up with it. Mm. It's um totally integrated into normal people's lives. Not uh, it's not at a level above or against. You, you know the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Hopefully, yeah. it's clear. In a similar way as the Boy Scouts are integrated into like society and culture. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering if the Boy Scouts should be saved. You know, like, is there maybe the maybe that there's a way that they could settle these disputes and then restructure the organization in such a way as to be more careful about the kinds of people that are able to join or that there's oversight amongst different people that are supervising children? Because it doesn't seem like it should go away in some respects if it's teaching children skills and like value. It's right. just the, pro- the problem is the, not that kids, the problem is these like, I guess, the true leaders so like mm-hmm. if there's a way to get like troop leaders to supervise each other or like to have more than two one or two person people which mm-hmm. e- with each group then maybe they're, they're they could just make it more carefully structured you're saying that the only reason why it's going bankrupt is because of these losses yeah yeah because there are bad bad oh. people ruining the boy scouts okay because of these lawsuits it's the main reason you mentioned one of the solutions right it could be that if it's mixed gendered mm-hmm. right then there could be female um teachers or guardians yeah, yeah. 
um supervising the groups that could solve a lot of the problem yeah i don't know how many guardians there are now out camping i don't know if it's one or two people but why don't you just increase that to four mm. so if you want to have a troop outing where you go camping where all these children are going to be supervised by adults just to double the amount of people that are going to be there so they can watch each other and make sure that everyone's up to you know what they're supposed to be doing uh wait do people pay to become a boy scout like do you have to pay to join the organization and what's the selection process? You know, i'm not actually sure is there selection process oh there's i think the selection process is, is do you want to join mm. if it costs money it's probably very minimal because i know the girl scouts raise money mm -hmm. so the girl scout cookies are actually to raise money mm -hmm. so that their troop can go then go do cool things so the more girl scout cookies they sell mm -hmm. the more cool things that their troop gets to go do so that they they're kind of self-funding and buying a girl scout cookie isn't just because you like chocolate with mints in it mm -hmm. although that might be part of it it's also because you are supporting these children's like hobby i think the people are very happy to be given the excuse to buy cookies <laughs> <laughs> so i think it's a win-win situation but so that's what for the girl scouts how do boy scouts make money i really don't know no, because I'm not I wasn't a member I can't I really can't yeah. tell you oh well um, it yeah. sounds like they do teach a lot of uh, good skills and I think that's a good balance for uh, kids nowadays who are so who are so focused on their own studies you know um, just getting good scores mm -hmm. both mm -hmm. in the states and mm -hmm. also in China especially um, if there could be a program where especially now you know we talked about the um, um, the new policies when it comes to the education system, the double reduction, right, for yeah, um, yeah. elementary school students and uh, also, I think, junior high students and people like the, the workload for these younger students have been lightened. And they have more time. There's a little on their resistance hands. to that. I'm a school teacher, right? I was talking mm -hmm. with some of my parents recently, and I was. They were like, mm -hmm. "Jason, you don't assign homework anymore. What happened?" And I was like, "I'm not <laughs> allowed to assign homework. The central party decided that." homework for kindergartners is not appropriate and that they need to be playing more and they were like yeah but i went home and i was like well you're welcome to go explore other places and i can make recommendations for you but i'm not like assigning the class homework anymore to like here's five pages of math to do in the right. weekend because they should be playing and that's that's been decided not by right. me but like by you know. well by actually by a lot of experts you know people uh, educational experts psychologists yeah. some parents are like where's my where's my math homework i want some i know <laughs> see i'm i'm the other set of parents um mm -hmm. when my daughter was in kindergarten they well at least the, the last year so when she was five they were doing like writing and math works and i i tried it once with my daughter and she was way too young for that mm. you know it's like she couldn't even like hold a pen properly <laughs> and it's hard for them to sit down for a long period of time mm -hmm. unless it's like watching tv and stuff so I just gave up. I was like, you know what? You don't have to do this. Boom, baby. You're going to be doing this. We, mm -hmm. I just, you know, we're always coming up with business ideas. And mm -hmm. this one has been staring us in the face the whole time. What? We need to, we need to open our own camp. Oh. <laughs> and doing what? <laughs> teach the kids like Make how to uh, start a fire and like you know how to use a compass and like wandering around in the woods and not getting lost and, like, 
how to clean what their own water. Right. This is this the double the the double reduction policy has opened the opportunity for a new you market. It hasn't closed. That's that is close one door, open another door because the government's not against them going out and playing in in nature. They want kids yes. to play. Actually, exactly. We could create opportunities for them to learn and play about nature. Then we have a new business model. And they can learn English naturally, right? Just <laughs> by following yeah, around Jason. <laughs> um, this yeah. is actually a wonderful idea. And because the double reduction is only for subjects like, you know, math and um, maybe a little bit of English or writing. Um, for these things that are um, what is already it? taught already taught but you want your kids to have higher grades than the other kids um but they encourage young kids to take um arts lessons right um mm -hmm, dance mm -hmm, piano mm -hmm. whatever PE, PE, yeah. PE right sports go play you know sports especially yeah. like you know winter yeah. sports swimming things that are good for mm -hmm. your health good for your eyes because these days kids are not spending enough time outdoors mm -hmm. in the sun and they it's up to a point where um you know they're just not physically fit anymore mm. so yes i think that's a that's a great idea and um for people again with loads of money that you want to invest somewhere we've had a couple of really good business ideas and this could be one of them and i'm sure i'm sure there are i've heard of um these kind of opportunities um for both elementary school kids and also junior high mm -hmm. um but they're they're a little pricey sometimes and i remember one time my daughter's best friend's mom was asking me i think um that program is probably for elementary school kids like you actually go off on a trip mm -hmm. with um like two maybe two or three teachers and they do studies in biology. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll go off. I don't remember. I think it was maybe in Sichuan province. So it's like a it's like a private camp. Mm -hmm. And you go with these teachers for uh ten days or more. I don't remember. Um, so you would go off into the, you know, hills and mountains to identify plants, mm. to learn about, you know, soil composition or things like that. Maybe a little bit of survival skills, too. Um, but, you know, my husband and I, we are like, you know, super protective. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. We don't feel I think we're going to die of worry thinking that our kids are, you know, off our hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Not yeah. yet. Not yet. Maybe when she's a little older. But we like the idea. Uh, we're just not. You know, we're we're just nervous parents. If it's only two or three teachers, based on our conversation to, to together today, I think the mm -hmm. lesson it, it should it should be four or five teachers because then you have the adults making sure that the other adults are behaving themselves. Right, but these are like smaller groups, smaller mm -hmm. groups for for families with a little bit of extra cash um, mm -hmm. to fund things like that. Yeah, but I think this is a great idea, um, and for people who want to camp or hike here in China. There are opportunities. You just yeah, have absolutely. to, you know, just there, look I, online. There. I mean, I'm, I have not camped, but I've definitely hiked a lot in China. You know, that's one thing that I, I don't have your metabolism, baby. So I have to <laughs> exercise prolifically in order to make sure that I'm burning enough calories. Right. I, I need to live like a turtle, like conserve my energy. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm hungry. I need to go eat. <laughs> all right. It was really great talking to all of you. And we, we look forward to speaking with all of you in the future. Yes. And good idea. Jason for starting up a new business. Um, I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.